0: Welcome to another episode of Do Loss. And on today's show, we're going to talk about unrighteous decrees. So we are living in a world created by God. We're living in a world created by a God who is a just God, a holy God, a righteous God. And he has revealed himself by way of his law. He has given us his law that we might know what we must do, how we ought to think, how we ought to live. And and that law is given to us that we might become more and more like him. In His holiness, because God wants us to bear His image, not just in how we look, but how we think, how we act, how we behave, and that's how we are giving glory to God by being obedient to His law. So that's that's why the Bible comes against those, and God God Himself really curses those who write laws that are antithetical to who He is as holy, as righteous, as just. And when we do such things, God is displeased to the point where there is a divine curse placed on those who write unrighteous laws or unrighteous decrees or unrighteous ordinances and claim to be doing so for the sake and, the, and for the goodness of society. And we see that starkly examined uh, or starkly, starkly displayed within the Canadian law that came out uh, just a few months ago. And uh, But before we get to that law, I want to read some passages of Scripture that remind us that this is God's world, that God is in control, and he desires us to obey him and to submit to him because his law is good. The law is holy, just, and good, as the Bible says. So we have to do, or we should do, and we ought to do what God demands of us because what he demands is good, and what he, he demands is right, and what he demands is good not just for a few individuals, but for everybody and everywhere and all times and in all places. So Isaiah ten one it says, Woe unto them that decree unrighteous decrees and that write grievousness which they have prescribed. So God is saying that woe, you know, it's a curse unto those people who are writing laws that are unrighteous that are going against my holy character. And these are people particularly in government, people that are legislators, people that, that are in Congress, that are in Parliament, in Canada's case that are writing laws going against what he has prescribed in Scripture and they're thereby writing their own laws and prescribing their own laws and as if they are the ultimate authority when they are not. Isaiah 5.24 also says, Therefore, as a fire devoureth the stubble, and the flame consumeth the chaff, so their root shall be as rottenness, and their blossom shall go up as dust, because they have cast away the law of the Lord of hosts, and despised the word of the Holy One, of Israel so God is saying that he will just as fire burns up stubble and as a root is as a and as a flame consumeth chaff that comes from wheat that is broken off from wheat their root that meaning the people's root will be rotten it'll be it'll be horrible it'll be distasteful it will not be able to blossom you won't flourish and we hear that all the time within uh, public discourse and especially from people who are secular they, they claim that they want human flourishing but for their but for human flourishing to occur, you have to obey the law that God has set forth, the only one and true God that has revealed himself in scripture. And that this is why that when laws are written that go, that go against what God has prescribed, that go against what God has laid down, we are just sending a curse on ourselves and we're going to end up in a society that cannot function, that cannot think correctly. And this is exactly what we're seeing with the laws that are being written uh, under the guise of goodness and, and human flourishing. They're actually being written on, under the divine curse of God because they are going against what God has written for us in his word. Another passage of scripture, Jeremiah six nineteen. it says, Hear, O earth, behold, I will bring evil upon this people, talking about his own people, the Jews. It says, Even the fruit of their thoughts, because they have not hearkened unto my words, nor to my law, but rejected it. And this kind of evil that comes upon us uh, as a people, even though we're not Jews, but this is the same law that applies to all of us in all times and all places, as I said earlier that uh, when we disobey that law, we are bringing evil upon ourselves. God must punish sin. He must punish evil. He must punish uh, lawbreakers because that's part of his character and nature. God does not allow the guilty to go free. As uh, Deuteronomy says, he says he 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 will by no means clear the guilty and he will never justify the wicked. And that's exactly what is taking place today. When you see laws being written that go against what God has prescribed for us, do. And this is exactly what has taken place with Canada's law that went into effect uh, late last year uh, in December 2021. it's Canada's C4 law banning conversion therapy. So I went and read the bill and looked looked at what the law described as conversion therapy. And this is what the law said. It says conversion therapy is, quote, a practice, treatment, or service designed to change a person's sexual orientation to heterosexual, which is what God has prescribed, heterosexual. Uh, a male is supposed to be with a female, a man is supposed to marry a woman, and therefore they come together in marriage and in unity to create the most flourishing aspect of society, which is the family. Uh, but this is lo- this law has been written to go against uh, that heterosexual, that, that, I- that identity, that sexual identity that God has placed within uh, his, his creation. And so the next portion of the law says, quote, change a person's gender identity to cisgender, which is the new fancy term. That, that just means the gender that that God has given you uh, by your DNA, by your genetics. So if you, have, uh, if you are XX, you are uh, female. If you're XY, you're male. And if you have male genitalia, you're a male. If you have female genitalia, you're a male, because that's how God designed you to be. And so, so this law that uh, is defining conversion therapy it says that, it means that you're trying to take somebody out of that gender identity that God himself has given uh, by birth. So the law continues and it says conversion therapy is a practice, treatment, or service designed to change a person's gender expression so that it conforms to the sex assigned to the person at birth. Now, in a way, you could say, and I know a lot of uh, political conservatives say that sex, the sex assigned to a person at birth is, is just word games and, and word salad that the left comes up with, but... But ultimately, it's true. God assigns sex, uh, not, but not, not really at birth, but he assigns it at conception, you know, what you're, what you're going to be. And so God is the one who assigns that sex, which was why it should never be changed and never be fought against, because that's how God created you to be. And, and being a, a man or a woman is not sinful in and of itself. Now, obviously, we're all born sinners. But the genetics and the, the, the uh, genitalia that God has given us is not sinful in, of, in and of itself because that is what God has created. And He said it was good in Genesis 1. Uh, it continues and it says uh, conversion therapy is a practice, treatment, or service designed to repress or reduce non heterosexual attraction or sexual behavior. And it continues and it says repress a person's non cisgender gender identity. Or repress or reduce a person's gender expression that does not conform to the sex assigned to the person at birth. So it's saying that any any treatment, any practice, any service that is uh, that is designed to repress a an identity or a sexual expression that conflicts with what the sexual identity that God has given you in your DNA, this is now outlawed. So this is now saying that if you are trying to create a uh, if, a, if a young man or a young woman comes in and says, I'm struggling with my sexual identity, and this is potentially going to affect churches who are biblically counseling men and women to fight against the sin in their own hearts of t- trying to uh, alter their genetics or alter how God created them, when, how God created them was for his glory and for his good and that as a male the best thing you can do is to be the man that God called you to be and as a woman the best thing you can do is be the woman that God called you to be And if you open up the word and read it you'll find out exactly what you are required of as a male what exactly you are, you are required of as a as a female but uh, law, this law is written to ban any such practice or treatment or any kind of service that would seek to uh, 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 change the person's goal, or change the person's mind, or, or even cause them to move away from wanting to go against the, the the DNA, the sex that God has given them, which we know is sinful. Because if you are not uh, heterosexually attracted to a woman, and even heterosexual attraction in and of itself is not necessarily. Uh, pure because the Bible speaks against lusting after a woman, lusting after a man. It's like committing adultery in your heart with him, Jesus said in Matthew five, twenty eight. So if you are so it's not that the church shouldn't be or not that we should just try to make people attracted to women who are maybe struggling with attraction to men, or, you know, make somebody make a woman who is struggling with attraction to women make her more attracted to men. It's that she needs to control all of those passions, all of those lusts and 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 confine them to one person whom she or he will marry uh and bring and be brought together in holy matrimony and then they can express and and fulfill those desires sexually because that is what god has created um so this law continues and it says that for uh quote it says for greater certainty so to try to clarify where they're going with this they say this definition does not include a practice treatment or service That relates to the exploration or development of an integrated personal identity, such as a practice, treatment or service that relates to a person's gender transition. So the law is saying it's bad to uh, try to uh, try to persuade or try to counsel somebody or try to engage in a practice, treatment or service that is designed to. Uh, make somebody accept who God created them to be as a male or as a female and try to give them the best human flourishing as we can give them in, in God's world, in, in this fallen world. Uh, this law seeks to ban such a practice to create human, human, human flourishing. But when it comes to somebody who wants to have gender transitional surgery or have hormonal treatment or have any kind of uh, treatment or service or practice that would seek to encourage and, converse, and uh, converse with them and persuade a person, uh, so persuade a, a biological male to transition to a female, which is impossible, obviously, or have a uh, uh, biologically, biological female transition to a male, which is impossible, that practice is perfectly fine. That treatment is perfectly fine. That service is perfectly fine. This law is not targeting people who are seeking to destroy uh, what God has created as good in regards to the sexual uh, uh, genitalia and the identity of uh, of people born, male or female, as God created them. So you may ask the question, why was this law needed? And uh, according to Canada, in the law, it says this law was needed uh, as, quote, saying, uh, the law is quoted as saying, whereas conversion therapy causes harm to the persons who are subjected to it. And of course, there, the assumption is that harm is being done to people who are not able to engage in a, uh, transitional uh, or even engage in their uh, their sin, which is what homosexual homosexuality lesbianism is. And even um, again among heterosexuals, fornication, you know sex outside of marriage, pornography, masturbation, all of those things are still are sins in God's eyes. So it's not that we want somebody who is gay or, or lesbian to stop being gay or lesbian and then just engage in, in sexual uh, intercourse or sexual, uh, fulfillment with somebody of the opposite sex or with anybody of the opposite sex is that we want people to conform themselves to God's law, which is what says that you should engage in sexual behavior with just your husband or just your wife if you're uh, if you're a man or just your husband if you're a woman and that that's and that's the only person you should stick with for the rest of your life until you die. And that's the prescribed law of God but but this Canada, Canadian law is saying that harm is being done, uh, to people who are being told that they ought not to give in to those sexual passions of gender expression that is against how God created, created them or fulfilling their uh, same-sex desires, which, again, is going against God's law. And the Bible says that true love, in 1 Corinthians 13, does not say fulfill your heart or follow your heart. You know, the Bible says that true love, uh, in 1 Corinthians thirteen six. Rejoiceth not in iniquity, but rejoiceth in the truth. So if you truly love somebody, you're not going to enjoy or accept or condone behavior that is going against the law of God. That's true love. True love is speaking truth to that person, rejoicing in the truth enough to speak truth to that person and say, this is not what God has prescribed for you or for me. And so Though we may have our own, our natural bent in, in sin, and wanting to do our own thing or and go our own way, we are all under the command of God to uh, to embrace His law, even in our sexual behavior, and how we think about uh, uh, about how we think about sex, how we behave with it. All of these things are written and prescribed for us in God's law to do them and to be and, and to be obedient to what He has given us to do. So this true love re- is not. Harm is not being done to people who are wanting, uh, who are wanting to change their gender or go against what God has prescribed when people are telling them the truth. That is what true love is. But this Canadian law is seeking, uh, in their own mind, these legislators in their own mind are saying that they're the ones who are being truly loving and telling people to engage in sin and engage in things that are not good to their overall human flourishing according to the law of God. Again, so why was this law needed? Canada continues, and it says, "Whereas conversion therapy causes harm to society, because, among other things, it is based on and propagates myths, myth, myths and stereotypes about sexual orientation, gender identity, and gender expression, including the myth that heterosexuality, cisgender identity, and gender expression that conforms to the sex assigned to a person at birth are to be preferred over other sexual orientations, gender identity, gender identities, and gender." expressions again so this law is saying that they do not think that if you are uh, suppressing your desire suppressing your gender identity or even showing that heterosexual heterosexuality is a better preferred method of living as God prescribes, then you are not um, you are not engaging in a loving uh, behavior you are you are repressing you are causing harm and you're propagating myths so of course this is what this is really the heart of it it's a myth. That God created male and female. It's a myth that God says that a man should leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife, and the two shall become one. It's a myth that God, Jesus Himself says that God created the male and female at the beginning, and that a man should never put away his wife, saving for the cause of, of fornication. Uh, so it's a myth. So the what what this Canadian law is saying, in its own words, is saying that the law of God is a lie. The law of God is a myth. The God the law of God. Is, is degrading the law of God is, a, is is something that is evil and detrimental to society. They even say that it causes harm to society because it's propagating a myth. And the myth is that God created the male and female and that you should conform with, with the gender and the sex that God has given you. Um, so this law is showing that they are under the, the divine curse of God because they themselves are calling God a liar. They're calling God a myth. Uh, they're calling God's law a myth. They're calling him uh, that, that he's just spreading lies and, and hurting society by his law, and the reality is that, uh, the, as Proverbs fourteen thirty four says, it says that um, let me pull it up here. Proverbs fourteen thirty four. It says, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. So the Bible is saying there that if you are engaging in righteous acts as a nation, you are the nation will be exalted. The nation will be lifted up as an example, which is what God had told ancient Israel that if you obey my law, you will be an exemplary nation. All the nations of the world will wonder how, you know, how great and how awesome this this people is, and it's because that they would be obeying the law of God. But because uh, they didn't, that's why God punished them and they were cursed and they're. And in a way, still under the divine curse of God for not accepting their Messiah, just like the rest of the world would be in that case. But uh, righteousness exalteth a nation, but sin is a reproach to any people. But in Canada's case, righteousness is the reproach and sin is what should exalt us as a nation. Um, and also the another reason why this law was needed, according to Canadian legislators, is that In light of those harms, so the myths that are spread, the the stereotypes that are spread about how heterosexuality is better than homosexuality and and transgenderism. It says in light of those harms, it is important to discourage and denounce the provision of conversion therapy in order to protect the human dignity and equality of all Canadians. And that's the thing uh, when it comes to the world. They want they they reject the law of God. They reject uh, what God prescribes for us uh, to do and, to, and how to live, but they still want to keep the hu- the value of human dignity. They still want to keep equality. Those principles that really originated in God, as the Bible says. Uh, let's go back to the beginning again. Genesis one twenty six. God says that, and it says, and God said, "Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle." and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. And then verse 27, it says, So God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him, male and female create, created he them. And so this is saying that man is already already has high value in God's eyes. Only man was created in God's image. Only man uh, was, the cre- was the creature that God made that had dominion over all other creation. We were supposed to be... Uh, God's representatives on Earth to the rest of creation, which is why man has so much intelligence, so much, so much uh, brilliance, so much in, uh, innovation, because of the wisdom and the image that God has given to man to dominate the Earth. And when you just think about how what man is able to do, what men are created, what when, when men have been able to do, even just for drilling for oil or going to space or building telescopes or building cars or building. Uh, cell phones or laptops and all these things that man was able to do because the image of God is in them, which is uh, an an image that is used to create, which is an image that is used to innovate, which is used to dominate the earth. That image was what God created in us to be a a representative to all of creation. But that image also shows us that we are all equally valued in the eyes of God because all of us that are human were made in the image of God. So we, we ought to have and desire to protect the human dignity and equality of all, not just Canadians, but all people everywhere. If you are human, you are made in the image of God and you are valued uh, equally with all people, despite whether you're in the womb or out of the womb, despite whether you have some disability or some kind of issue with um, with your mind or your body, whatever the issue is, it doesn't matter. You are still made in the image of God and ought to be loved and cared for appropriately. So this law is seeking to protect human dignity and equality while we're, we're rejecting the very foundation on which human dignity and equality is built, which is God. And in Romans 2.11 it also says that God himself is not a respecter of persons. Uh, Romans two verse eleven says, For there is no respect of persons with God, because God will judge everybody equally according to what they have done. He's not going to look at certain people and say, Well, this person was American and this person was asian so i'm going to give the stricter sentence to the american versus the asian or vice versa god is going to judge everybody according to his law his standard because he is the one who laid it down and set it up for us to obey so the fact that this law has gone into existence has gone into existence and has been put on the books canada showing themselves to be under the judgment and curse of god because they have written a law that is seeking to undermine and even calling a lie What God has laid down in his law, uh, which is the word of God. And I want to end with a verse in Numbers that talks about why we should uh, remember that we are not uh, we are not in the place of God. Numbers 23. Verse 19, it says, God is not a man that he should that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent, hath he said, and shall he not do it? Or hath he spoken, and shall he not make it good? So the first part of that verse it says, God is not a man that he should lie. And if there's any man out there or a woman that has ever said, "I've never lied," obviously they are lying. We know that we have all lied. We have all shaded the truth. We've all exaggerated. We've all done things that are dishonest. But God has never done that. God has never lied. He's never had to repent. He's never had to. Uh, Uh, ask for forgiveness because he's holy. All his works are done in truth. Everything that God does is right and holy and just. And so to set ourselves up as if we are God and that we no longer need to abide by his law is just showing ourselves that we are liars because there is coming a day where we will all have to give an account for those lies. There is coming a day for these Canadian legislators and any legislator around the country, whether it's in Canada or, or, or The United States or Europe or Asia or Australia wherever wherever it may be all those in governments Will have to give an account for the laws that they put on the books and they will have to stand trial and God will uh, Hold them accountable for what they have enacted and if they are found wanting if they have no advocate Which the only advocate possible would be Jesus Christ are They are damned to hell. They are doomed for eternity which is why these Canadian lawmakers and all lawmakers everywhere, they must learn and they, they must come to repentance and faith in Christ. They must learn to realize that they are sinners, that they are themselves liars, that they are themselves uh, walking in myths and in myths and walking in, in stereotypes that do not uh, allow or that do not uh, give place to what God has designed for his creation. If they truly want human flourishing, they would obey God and submit in repentance and faith to Jesus Christ. And if you really want your own life to flourish, if you really want your own life to be pleasing to God, the only way that can happen is in repentance and faith to Jesus Christ and him alone, because he's the one who always kept the law of God. He came to earth to keep the law, to show us that to show us that he He was, he was the only one worthy who could ever keep the law, because he was God in the flesh. He kept the law of God perfectly. He himself said, I, I always do what the Father tells me to do. He is the one who said that he even asked the Jews that were criticizing him and coming against him. He said, which one of you convicts me of sin? Which one of you can tell me that I have done something wrong? Nobody could because he never did anything wrong. He always kept the law and he kept it for you and me. So if you are willing to repent and trust in Christ and come to him and realize that you cannot keep the law, that you are yourself under the divine curse of writing your own laws for your own life and doing things your own way, you, God will be willing uh, to forgive and to cleanse and to wash you and to even give you the righteousness that Jesus earned while he was here on earth. And that is the good news of the gospel. So even though we are under a divine curse, maybe, and even though we, uh, we have people in leadership that are under a divine curse, we can still have hope knowing that if you come to Christ, that curse will be lifted and you will be accepted fully into God's, into God's kingdom. So thank you again for listening to this episode. And to remind you again, coming Sunday will be our, our first interview with Jeff Danker, a good brother in Christ, who is the founder and, and host of Buck Ventures. And uh, I hope you will enjoy sitting down and listening to that conversation that we had. And Jeff uh, is a very charismatic brother. love the Lord. God is using him to, to, to spread his gospel all over the country. And I, I pray that you would come in and, and listen and, and be blessed by the interview that we had with him um, coming Sunday, this Sunday, March 20th. So I'll see you on the next episode of New Loss.